two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's Nerd Pod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Welcome to show two of Nerd Pod with Coach and K Rock. We are super pumped you guys join us again. Yeah, fantastic. Season one, episode two, and uh, yeah, we're just we're rolling along, and uh, I uh, I'm excited to be here. Subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Hit the little subscribe button, and you'll be uh, on this journey with us. You'll get updates when we uh, add new shows. Yeah, and um, I think that they're getting a little bit better about analytics now on um, on uh, iTunes and Google Play on you know how many subscribers and you know sort of providing when they're bailing out and stuff like that. So if you can subscribe, that would be fantastic. Then we can know whether you like the con- you know the content. The other thing that you can do is hop onto the Facebook page and let us know. Uh, join in on the conversation. We'll be updating uh, our social media, uh, hopefully with topics uh, that we talked about um, and and maybe some user polls, things like that. So that's all exciting stuff and stuff to look forward to. That's right. Keep it eye out for the Facebook page, which will be Nerd Pod with uh, Coach and K Rock, as well as our we'll, we'll be getting our Twitter presence out there for you guys, uh, amongst other things, Instagram and so on. But yeah, subscribe to this show, and that'll be the best way to stay on top of it. Check the show notes; we'll include the links of everybody we talk about, uh, talk with um, our you know, the folks that we uh, have sponsoring us, like M Six P, which is awesome. Uh, so go to theM6p.com, check out their um, what they're doing there for Marvel and sending out some books. Kyle, um, you know best about them. You sent that to me uh, for Christmas. I did indeed. Yeah, it's a great service and uh, they do cool stuff. I mean, it's their family friendly site, like we're a family friendly show. Um, So if you want to talk about uh, it's a great way to introduce your family into the into the Marvel world on a bigger uh, level. And, uh, you know, they certainly know the ins and outs of the Marvel universe. Uh, They bring in shows, they bring in cinema. It's not they're not uh, hardcore uh, pages only nerds. They're uh, they're all about about the Marvel Universe, so uh, check them out right now this month, uh, the month of March, they're doing March Madness. Uh, you actually get to message them who you think on that first round uh, is going to win. Really cool. And so, yeah, it's uh, check them out. Uh, family-friendly entertainment if you're, uh, if you're into the comics. Excellent. And, um, yeah, I can tell you from my point of view that, you know, showing up on my doorstep, I had a box from them with four books inside and was really excited to rip into them. So uh, really great gift um, for that comic lover in your life. So uh, especially that Marvel lover in your life, which brings us to this week. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about today is a lot about Marvel, um, specifically with uh, our Week in Geek when you talk about the Avengers Affinity War, uh, which got moved up a week, which is awesome. And uh, we're also going to cover, you know, what's the difference here between the MCU, MCU, the Marvel Comic Universe, and DC? How come they haven't been able to crack the code, right? DC, that is, in terms of making the, the movies consistently good. I mean, they've made good ones, but not consistently. And they don't tie in very clean. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and also we're going to do, uh, we're going to try a segment. It'll be the Mount Rushmore. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that a little later. So I think we'll start with the Week in Geek, man. So Avengers Infinity War moved up a week to April yeah. 27th. That's pretty. Yeah, it's-, it's only seven days, but you know what? That's seven days less that we have to wait to go see that. It is. It's from a, a, a comic perspective, um, especially. Uh, and here's the thing. I think that some of this move has to do with the um, I'd like to think that it's uh, that we need to get more Black Panther on the screen quicker. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, driving the momentum uh, of, of Marvel right now. They want to capture the 
whole new audience that they just captured and they want to keep it. Uh, I imagine that you'll see marketing uh, change uh, for Infinity War, maybe leading more with that cap running through Wakanda. Um, not going to talk about any spoilers on uh, Black Panther. It's not been the full two weeks. Um, right. We yeah, have a two-week rule, guys. We have, I think we've said that yet. Two-week rules to no spoilers for two weeks, and we'll let you know when we're getting into any spoil uh, spoiler waters. We'll have a big alarm bell that goes off, and um, yeah, spoiler free. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, spoiler-free zone, at least for now. Um, so yes, I think they want to run the, uh, you know, keep Wakanda uh, alive right now, and you'll see some marketing change around that. But uh, additionally, I think um, it's the House of Mouse that we're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we have major releases, uh, a Fox release of Deadpool uh, on May, I believe it's the 18th. Uh, and then one week later, we have the release of Solo, a Star Wars movie. So uh, the combination of those two things, the phenomenon that Black Panther is, uh, and those two movies are going to be robbing some serious time away. Uh, they, you know, Marvel is smart. Keep the keep the momentum alive with Black Panther. Move it uh, a week to capture those extra viewers uh, that will uh, ultimately jump into uh, Deadpool 2 and then jump into Solo, uh, a Star Wars story. So uh, those are certainly both movies that we will eventually cover, but uh, that's my philosophy on it. Uh, It just made sense. Uh, It's a jam-packed early summer, uh, and so to grab that extra money, I think it's going to prove out to be a genius, brilliant move by uh, by Disney and Marvel. So you're saying what you think is happening is Disney ultimately makes the call. They decided so they can really corner this part of the calendar this year move that movie up a week? You think that's why they did this? That it- I do. I, well, I think it's grabbing that extra week because if, uh, think about it if, it, if it starts where they want it to start, which was around the 5th, uh, it goes right into, um, it goes directly into Deadpool, which is a, a Fox uh, picture. Um, and, and so the people that maybe would have caught it that second or third time or the people that are getting around to seeing it later, uh, those folks uh, may bail out and, uh, and they might lose that segment to video. So moving it back one week, uh, again, I do believe that it's driven on the momentum of Black Panther, uh, but I do believe that they're, they're grabbing that extra week could mean uh, maybe an extra uh, 10 or 15 or $20 million uh, on that third weekend as opposed to uh, losing out, ha- having strong competition within two weeks. I think um, there's, there's, I think there's some merit to that. But I've also been reading online that a big reason uh, for the date switch is to do with the global release of Infinity War. The global release is, from what I've been reading, is April 27th, where the U.S. release is supposed to be a week later. So to avoid spoilers, what do you do? You push it up a week, so sure. I- and 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 here's the thing: um, it's a valid point, but it's been done um, on every level. Star Wars came out early. Um, there were some uh, spoiler issues out around the internet, uh, but I do not. I believe that that is a great uh, wag the dog, uh, something for Disney to put out because they just can't simply say we want to make more money. Um, I think so. You have to say something. I think that's the best thing to say. Uh, but and and listen, I am not knocking them. This is not like uh, you know uh, standing up against the man or or judging them for coming out a week earlier. Uh, it's a great story to tell, but. But I think the truth of the matter is, um, with the moment, I think Black Panther changed everything. Because around this time, uh, this early, this late winter release was, uh, you know, Thor 2 was in that place. Uh, Other sort of undesirable, weird properties that they've stuck in there uh, that have not been as successful as Black Panther was. So uh, I think... um, I think that, uh, you know, the fact that it just keeps pumping out and and the the fact that uh, I just think all all of that stuff uh, is driving a lot of the decisions. And, you know, Kevin Feige is brilliant, as is uh, the Disney brass, as is uh, the rest of Marvel Studios. I mean, this is a a brilliant. uh, They just keep getting it right. 
Um, so uh, I think this is the right move. I think uh, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, uh, in Mickey, we trust. <laughs> it certainly uh, is uh, become that way, hasn't it? It really has. But it's kind of cool, though, if you think about it in terms of the global release. So the entire world is going to see this amazing um, movie in terms of we don't know if it's going to be good or not. It could be terrible and stink. Very unlikely. But the entire world's going to get that experience more or less at the same time, which, you know, maybe you do, you know, and I haven't done any research on this. Has that ever really happened before on this type of tentpole movie that really is going to kick off the season? And, and, and I would, it, it's already been kicked off with Black Panther in terms of success for the movie industry, but to really have this type of movie hit at the same time, I mean, the world economy might shut down, right? <laughs> in terms of how many people are going to be going to see this thing, I've never—I can't think of anything that's that's happened like this before. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, I agree. Um, I can't either. Um, you know, the way that we, the way that we view content, the way that we uh, consume content has changed, and um, I, I think that um, we're going to see more like this, uh, I think that uh, it's an exciting time. I mean, something that we talked about in the last show, but it really is. Uh, and, and smart people that are making decisions uh, like ne- like Netflix, like uh, and, and even Disney with coming with the streaming service, uh, it's going to just keep getting better and better and better. Uh, and maybe DC will jump on, on the train. Uh, maybe uh, they will, but boy, it doesn't look it so far. Yeah. And uh, so April 27th, that usually means they're going to have, you know, the the the, the premiere showing the uh, the twenty sixth, the Thursday. So it's even a day earlier. So you know, people like us will be lined up <laughs> early to get in there. Um, I'm just thinking about the <laughs> every girl, every boy that's you know middle school, high school. They're going to be ducking school with their with their parents, with their fathers, with their mothers who are into this thing, and they're going to be ditching school to go see this. And like I said, it it's going to be amazing. Like that many people across the globe, not just the country, but the globe, are going to be you know skipping work, skipping school to go see a movie. <laughs> it's going to be pretty yeah. awesome, and that's the way it should it be. Is. Man. It should be about that. Go have fun. Life's too short to go live in an office. Life's too short. Not to go and and be part of something that that it, from like what when's Iron Man one been out two thousand eight uh, ten years about 10 yeah years. about yeah ten years ten yeah. years building to this moment um, cinematically like we love the stories obviously you guys know that by now show too um, we love the Marvel universe we love their their stories but it's been building to this point and and damn right I'm going to be there to see it. Yeah, I mean it's uh, uh, I'm bought in, and just when you think uh, you know you start to punch out on things, and things get old hat in you know the Karate Kid three or um, <laughs> you know a- a- anything that they that they beat to death, uh, it seems like uh, I mean geez, just with this uh, uh, you thought you couldn't go anywhere, and then they put out Thor Ragnarok, and and you it, you thought it was going down a weird place, and it just they the last two. Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther has uh, created just such a resurgence, and and uh, it really is incredible. And and I am, you know, I think, uh, and if I'm being honest, I mean, I think uh, Age of Ultron is where I started a little bit. I st- I I was like, I don't need to see these the minute that they come out. Like I don't, uh, I can I can now catch these on video. And now, forget it. It's not. Uh, it's gone now. I'm back. I'm back in back, baby. full swing because <laughs> because of these two movies. Yeah. And uh, what a what a phenomenal job they've done. It really is. It's been a joy. You bring up Thor Ragnarok, which just had its release um, uh, on Blu-ray, right? And, and I always get I always get the digital one because I can't wait that extra week or two. I'm just impatient about stuff. And I just I, I saw it in the theater when it opened, and it had I didn't go back. And I wanted to, but just it, life got in the way, which is it does for you know when when you have uh, your you know a life like everybody else. But man, when I watched that again, it, to just use one word to sum it up, delighted. I was delighted to watch that movie. I mean, it just it made me laugh. Um, I was pumped up by the the, the action of it. In, I mean, Chris Hemsworth could there have been a better pick for Thor? 
I mean, he just captures it. The the jockey arrogance to the, you know, to where he figures out, oh, uh, you know, the mistakes he's made. I mean, and just to take a character like Thor, which is very Superman-like, right? Yep. Like, yep. pretty much invincible. And put all these flaws and make him such a goofball at the same time, but at the same time, he just kicks so much butt. It's it's fun to watch. It's been fun to watch from the start. You know, Dark World, not so much, but it it, it was still a good movie on you know in part of the, the the arc of the character. But Ragnarok, man, what a flick! Like I loved it. Oh, it's uh, it was really great. Um, I it turned me back around yeah. and uh, and it got me out of that, um, you know, and, and Civil War uh, and, and Spider-Man 2. I mean, geez, it's just uh, I mean, Spider-Man Homecom- as well. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Homecoming. <laughs> not, yeah. Um, not T.W.O. Yeah, two oh oh. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. Um, they, they, they bring you back and uh, the phase three or end of phase two has just been um, been out of this it world. Really and. Uh, and strong, just strong uh, female characters and strong uh, characters of color and strong, just strong, strong, strong. And and, and uh, give them credit uh, to uh, and interestingly, uh, you know, we don't have to go down a crazy road. But but uh, if you listen to the news this week about uh, the characters in, in Frozen 2, Disney is on top of it and they understand i give them credit uh for you know they're a mega conglomerate mega corporation but they have their hand on the pulse of what what's going on in society where we are culturally and what they did with uh spider-man what they did with civil war what they did with ragnarok and what they did from character development standpoint it could not be better. It couldn't be better. Um, and and and, uh, and I will continue it. And here's the other thing that I'll add before we move on uh, is they have reshifted and refocused a lot of the print on the comic side. Uh, they've made some mistakes. Uh, I don't know that these these movies are are adding readership. I don't think that they are. I think maybe the I, I think that they maybe anticipated that it would a little bit, uh, or maybe it, it just brought buyers that were buyers before back. But um, if anything, the mo- what the movies have done for me, they've doubled down on. Uh, that these uh, two universes do not need to coexist. Artists are not drawing Thor like Thor uh, it, that they see in the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just had, we are just getting uh, Thor, Odin's son, a male Thor back into the um, comic universe uh, where we've had a female for the last year, female Thor. So they're not following the same arc. They're developing things. Uh, it, it's great source material for uh, these directors to pull from if they choose to, but if they don't choose choose to, uh, they've gone down these incredible paths. And, uh, and so, uh, great, great work by Marvel on the Star Wars comics, on the regular, uh, universe comics and, uh, what they've done with the X-Men and what they're doing with Fantastic Four. And they've eliminated and cut out a lot of bad characters and they re-released. And I'm really excited about the direction that, that, uh, books are headed in. Uh, and, and it is not the exact path that, uh, I mean, this last run um, that I've been selling you for a long time, The Secret Empire, was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. And and I have. And I, I uh, a, a series like that that I loved it from start to finish. And it went off and... and it spun off into two additional storylines. It's it, it's and again nothing tied into uh, you know. It's of course if you do decide to go read these, they are characters that you can tie back in, and they are you you can you can feel like uh, you know T'Challa, and you can feel like you know uh, when Falcon is uh, Captain America. You, these are you you know Sam Wilson, you know uh, Black Widow, you know all these people. Uh, but it's just it's a different story, much like this podcast. It's more content it's more creativity it's more stories and uh it, what it's what drives my life i mean i still uh, am there every tuesday on uh release day i still uh it, you know it's my favorite thing to do still my, my favorite pastime and uh uh great stories not driven by the movies brilliant move by mark i agree man so i mean you bring up a question i get is so the directors um of the marvel movies uh they're pulling from 
so they're making their own calls. Maybe they're writing their own stories from 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 some pieces. But it sounds like they're pulling a lot from different storylines th- from the years of the comics. Is that true? That's yeah. right. That's true. So you'll see you see a lot of Silver Age, um, a lot of Silver Age, even characters, right? Characters that are not relevant now um, that live in the comic universe. Um, uh, now, uh, yeah, they, they don't have storylines. They have not had storylines in many years. Um, but so they're pulling from, I mean, the Civil War line is old. Um, and uh, X-Men United st- uh, or, or uh, Apocalypse, all of that stuff is, uh, and I understand that that's Fox. But, um, you know, those are all from either Uncanny X-Men. It's all Silver Age. So I think a lot of this stuff that you see and feel is coming from the Silver Age, which, uh, as you know, is that late 80s through the 90s uh, into the early 2000s. Cool. Um, it's, it's great. And, and it kind of – it's a point that brings us to the next – kind of like my next question is how can Marvel um, – they consistently – granted, not everything's perfect. We get it. Uh, but consistently make the right decisions between all their char- all their characters. I mean, God, how what are we up to? Like forty now that are in all the films, like that are going to be on Infinity. Mm-hmm. So make the right decisions for the most part for all of their movies, for all of the content that they're delivering. But DC just hasn't been able to keep up at all. I, I mean, and and I don't want. I know you're a Marvel guy, and we're we're not. On, on like a, um, a DC, like let, let's look down on their movie. And I, I realize DC's got some other, um, like Injustice, the, the video games have been incredible. Um, the Batman Arkham series on, uh, on, on the systems, there's no better comic game out there. But the movie properties have not lived up to Marvel, not even in the slightest. And I know there's going to be DC people out there that are saying, no, 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 wait. This movie was a success, success. Uh, they made the money. Um, the stories are great. Okay, I get it. You're, you're defending DC. But how come on when you look side by side, it's not even close in comparison? Like, why? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I know. And it's a question that I ask myself uh, regularly as well. It's, it's, it's a hard question to answer because so, – so I think that having Disney behind you um, – is helpful. Um, I, I I do believe that that, that it gives you access to uh, a built-in audience when you make really good decisions. Um, but look, Fox uh, doesn't do a tremendous job, and Sony certainly didn't do a tremendous job with Spider-Man. Um, I mean, it wasn't te- it wasn't as bad as some of the things that we've seen out of the DC universe. But um, I, I do think that Disney is a factor. Uh, and here's here's the other thing is that. Um, I, I think that they're they're forced now uh, to be creative, and I think that uh, DC is known as a darker brand to begin with. So uh, to bring in the three hundred director Zack Snyder uh, and and who did who also did Watchmen, uh, underrated movie I, in my I opinion. I think Watchmen was uh, fantastic, but I, I do too. I don't know why. I don't. I don't get uh, the slam on that, but. Um, uh, I, I think that it's a tall order to be the darker of the two. Um, I think that's a really hard thing to do. But I don't uh, – they have not cared for the universe. And here's the other thing is Marvel did a fantastic job of locking their guys up, understanding and paying the money to lock the, the, their stars up. Uh, the Avengers uh, – Come, come to mind, right? Paying Robert Downey an Jr. absurd amount of money. Ten to years Robert in Downey the same Jr. role, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's that's your driving force, yeah. and uh, and Chris Evans and Chris Helmsworth, and you know when when you when you go out and you say, okay, these are the the uh, this we're gonna pay these guys. Half the problem right now is that they keep switching characters. Uh, too many Batman movies over a short period of time. I mean, they should have just uh, at that point. Was Christopher Nolan willing to sell out and take you know a billion dollars and an ownership stake in Warner Brothers or or uh, in the DC universe? Right, 
because it's DC Warner Brothers, and just get, give him an ownership stake and say, this is your baby for the rest of your life. This is what you're going to be famous for, almost like uh, Cameron is going to be with the Avatar movies. Interesting. That, in my opinion, had they just thrown the money at at, uh, at Nolan at the time, maybe he wouldn't have taken it. But to, to my knowledge, no deal was offered that way. He could have developed all of those characters, even if he did not direct all of those films. He could have been driving the storyline, executive producing, driven it all the way through. Imagine, can you imagine right now, a Christopher Nolan Aquaman, a Christopher Nolan Wonder Woman, a, although they did a great job with Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was a uh, two out of three acts they had it out. The, the, the last, ugh, it was just not, it, it ended not well. <laughs> the mm. first, like, For what it could have yeah. been, right? So, so imagine a universe that's driven by Nolan. Uh, a Matt, you know the the, the character development, Nolan, the um, actors, though, and, and so that you know, I I started the, the this you know question out with why can't DC keep up with Marvel? Well, go back fifteen years, it was the opposite. DC was kicking Marvel's butt in the movies, and had everything to do with the Batman, uh, the Nolan Batman movies, which right. to me still stand today as some of my favorite. I love Batman Begins. I love The Dark Knight Returns. And I like The Dark Knight Rises. I think the trilogy from Nolan is one of the best that's out there. One of the ones that stands up. the. And I love the dark movies. I love DC's darkness. I think it's great. It's more of an adult spin to it. Like Marvel is amazing. They're the, they are the, the most well-rounded storytellers now. Like you have something for your, your teenage kids. All the way to the to, to people like us. I like the, the little more off-color humor, you know? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. DC's, Nolan's Batman movies were just phenomenal. I think they, I mean, did they make mistakes? Of course. I mean, you the purists, you know, weren't big Nolan, uh, or excuse me, um, Bale Batman guys, but Bale crushed, I thought. He was a great Bruce Wayne. Um, Heath Ledger take on the Joker, that was a type of thing. Well, it, let, let me touch on that really quick. Let me jump in and to say that, that Christopher Nolan even went as far as to give you your future, right? They handed you Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Robin, who could have transitioned into the new Batman. Or he laid it out. Darkwing or whatever. He gave it to them. Right, Darkwing, right, anything. He could have gone, well, because we've seen both versions uh, in We've seen both versions where Batman has gone into to, uh, Nightwing, Darkwing, or uh, Batman. So uh, in that universe, in the in the uh, the source material, they could have done so much with that character. So uh, and you had Jim Gordon's daughter; they could have uh, uh, brought in as Canary. They could have, I mean, so, or Batgirl. So much, so much available there, and and so that's the difference, right? Like you, they. Kevin Feige was their guy. Yeah. Okay, Faribo started off as the as the early director, and then they started handing it off to to establish people. They have they invested in talent, and that's the simple answer to I this. Think you're right. The, the, the long answer is, um, you know, all of the things that we talk about. You can say that it's uh, it's Disney. You can say that it's money driven. You can say that it's uh, it's source material. You can say all of those things. But what it real what the short what the real answer is is that they did not invest in talent at the times that they needed to. And now it's too little, too late. Uh, and the mistakes that they make have a giant spotlight on them. That uh, we're talking about uh, Lex Luthor mistakes. Oh, we're talking about Aquaman mistakes. I mean, we're talking about big giant gigantic mistakes and so uh until they get they have a chance here uh because it's like bitcoin right like all of these offshoot secondary so okay let's assume marvel is bitcoin and that everybody else is that uh the second level of cryptocurrency that is still going to be profitable yet it's the same thing it is the absolute truth that there's an opportunity here for dc i mean look look at uh, with DC, the, the 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 television shows are doing a better job tying in a universe with Supergirl, 100%. The Flash, hundred doing a way better job, way better, way better than uh, Marvel. Than than Marvel is on their television yeah. shows. Exactly right. Exactly right. So it's not like they can't uh, do it, or they have the properties that they can do it. And just the movies have been, and, and I hate to say it, it's just not been good. I, I go back to I was in. Um, Phoenix, Arizona, when Suicide Squad came out, and I really wanted to like the movie. I love the idea of the Suicide Squad. 
when I went into that movie, I, 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 I went wanting to like it and wanting to love it. And I walked out of that movie at the end of it. And I did stay to the end just in awe of what I had just seen and not in a good way. Like in awe, like how did this happen? It was so disjointed. Um, the the stars were living in their own little world. There was no. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen on on film. It was just not good. And I know there was a lot of backfighting in you know with the the, the team, like the creative team, and there was some rewrites and. But talk yeah, about a built-in like grand slam. Uh, it it should have been, and it was successful. It made the money, but man, it was but, not pretty. But, it was but not even still, pretty. even still, they didn't have Will Smith. They didn't have Will Smith locked in for a second movie, even assuming that it was going to be a smash hit. So there's your problem, right? So that so there it is. Uh, the the lack of talent, and and listen, it starts at the absolute top. And if you don't lock down who you are, you know, and listen, it can change. Joss Whedon was the initial face, right? You had the Russo brothers that did uh, Captain America. You had Favreau doing Iron Man, as I mentioned. Uh, but uh, when Joss Whedon took over, it was, he was the future of the Avengers. Then you're able to build around that, right? Like you can then sign Chris Evans for five and Robert Downey Jr. give him his points and all those things. And yeah, man, I, I, I know I'm, I'm probably beating the dead horse here, but uh, or, or preaching to the choir, but until they lock down that top piece, that Nolan or that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's Mick G from Supernatural, it might be a TV person that's making the transition, but until they lock that piece up, in my opinion, they're going nowhere. Agreed, man. Good point. All right, well, um, let's move on. Uh, we're getting to the end of the show here, but you had this idea, coach, about. Um, Something fun we could do, and, and we'll, we'll test it out, see how far we, we, we take it. But, but, but instead of doing like a top five, top ten list, um, one thing that we want to try is doing like a Mount Rushmore, right? So the first one we're going to do is the Mount Rushmore of movie heroes, whether that's DC or Marvel or Image or, or whoever. Who yep. are your movie heroes? Leaving the comic backgrounds out of this. So right. you're only going to – your Mount Rushmore is based off of the visual representation on the movies, and we can throw in the, the TV shows too. Um, so just whatever's on um, on the screen. Sound good? Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, I, I not to discredit the, the top ten list, but, you know, it's just like, it's just like uh, in sports, right? I mean, it's so hard to uh, put uh, Michael Jordan up against – uh, Tom Brady, right? I mean, how do you uh, how do you represent those things? How do you how do those things work? And because you're playing two different sports, this is much easier to throw a Mount Rushmore up because all of those other X factors come come out of the equation. So I I love the Mount Rushmore. Let's uh, let's make it happen. All right, um, let me go first since uh, yeah, it was your yeah, idea. So I'm going to go first. <laughs> locked and loaded. Let's do it. <laughs> So how do you want to do this? Do you want to go one, then the other? For yeah, each? We'll go, uh, we can go one, 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 point, counterpoint, see how see where we land. All right. Are we going to have a total of four or eight? I think we got to have eight. I think okay. because – or, or, or we'll see. Maybe we have some similar you – know, I think <laughs> I think I need to have my own Mount Rushmore though. I think that's <laughs> – yeah. All right. All right. So I'm going to start off then. Um, I'm going with – well, I'm going to go – we talked about it already. I'm going to go with the, with, um, the Nolan Batman. But hmm. I wonder if I could do a, a Nolan Batman slash Keaton Batman and just have him like half face. Like you have your Christian Bale look and then you have your <laughs> – I think your that's Keaton a cop Batman. out. I don't think you – I think you got to count that as two. I mean I – Or one or the other. The, okay. Listen. If, oh, right. Or one I'm not going to spend I, two – I'm not going to make two faces of Batman. So it's going to be – I'm going with Bale Batman. That's that is a bolt. Listen, I I like the pick. I like it. Um, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you why. I, okay. I, I and it, it just to kind of go back to what we talked about before. That was the one for me personally that just showed me what a what a movie based off of a comic book story could look like. I mean, it it took it to a level that I never expected it to be. Um, and it, it made I'm a huge. I still watch those movies today. Like I'll I'll. If I'm going on a long trip, I'll throw on Batman Begins on my my uh, my iPad so I can watch it on the flight. So it, it still it holds with me and it still like 
it's timeless for me. I love that movie. I love that take on the character. So that's yeah, my first. I, all right. I like it. Um, I think it's bold, and I think uh, here's. I think it's great. I think it's a good pick. I think it, it's deserving. I'm not gonna rip your your picks apart. I think <laughs> that I think that the Bale Batman voice, the the Bale Batman voice, gets me keeps him out for me. Uh, but and it just you know that I just can't. Um, I liked it. I thought it was uh, interesting. It was a it was a good like. I'm gonna. That's the voice I'm gonna use when I'm dressed up like a bat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I might do the same thing. Where are you? <laughs> exactly. Rachel! Right? Uh, Rachel! <laughs> Harvey! Harvey! Um, Scarecrow! <laughs> Gotham! Gotham! Um, <coughs> I'm going to make myself choke. So, uh, so oh, if you count how many times uh, that the word Gotham is spoken in that movie, it's it's off the charts. Like, a drinking game. Uh, and Master, for some reason. I know, it should be a drinking game. So... Um, <laughs> All right, so I like the pick. I think that you, and this is interesting for me because I think that this character is more important to the. I think he's, you know, Kobe Bryant as a as a basketball player was about Kobe Bryant, and uh, I feel like Michael Jordan was more about the the team. Right, he made he made the guys around him better. And, or Tim Duncan is an even better uh, analogy, right? Tim Duncan made the Spurs, the team around him, like he's the fundamental genius. And so I will say that Tony Stark, that Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, just sets the tone. Now, do I love it? Do I want to watch it every five minutes? No. Uh, I mean, probably like The Godfather, uh, the, where the the sequel might be better than the original, right? Like that, that you have to have that conversation. Stark's Iron Man is the baseline. It's the it for me has become uh, the the gold standard, and I would even go as far as to say uh, Tony Stark in Iron Man Two, like Mach Seven Tony Stark. Like that's that's if I think fundamentals and up on Mount Rushmore, first face where Washington is, I put Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark in there. I like that pick. That's another one of those Iron Man was I I I say I loaded up Batman Begins. Iron Man's right there too. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, <clears throat> what a you're right. What talk about setting the stage for the future? Um, and John Favreau directed it, and he doesn't direct him anymore, right? He he's there as happy, but that's it. I don't think that's he's, it. Yeah. Nope, he's not. He's not. Yeah, I mean, he's talk about like going point. from Swingers to Elf to Iron Man. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a talented dude right there. I mean, uh, yeah, and and. He set the stage. I mean, they they and and the first cameo was in the the uh, Norton Hulk movie. We saw Tony Stark at the bar. We saw the birth of the Avengers there. Uh, it uh, just pivotal. And when I think back, and it's it's funny when I think about that Tony Stark Iron Man. I I do think about the Jericho. I mean that scene uh, where oh, they filmed awesome. the. I yeah. mean, just the best. You know, you, you did not expect that even from the explosion, and uh, uh, you know you, they they told a story. Uh, it reached enough to make you smart, uh, or, or or to assume that you were smart and not stupid on, on in that movie. So I like that you I, brought uh, that up. The Jericho explosion. Um, I remember thinking when I was watching that movie, going. And, you know, and just to, to take a step back, when I heard that they were making an Iron Man movie, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't think it was going to be good. <laughs> right? I I'm mean, like, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, I I can't say that I blame you. I mean, at all. Uh, I, I <laughs> So it's like how, like, because we, we were just coming off of, what, Fantastic Four movies, some, some, some pretty... You know, some, and I know they weren't Marvel made; they were made by other um, companies. But the the comic book movie looked like it was dead. You know, since you know Batman had wrapped up, you saw some pretty mediocre at best Spider Man movies. Um, Fantastic Four, I think they tried, and it was just I couldn't even get. I still haven't gotten through one of those yet. Um, yeah, it, they're it's they're pretty bad, and and I think we're also coming off a very very bad um, uh, Superman Superman Returns, Returns or whatever that Returns. was. Oh, just coming off of that, and uh, the Jericho explosion. When I saw that scene, 
I sat up and said, what are we, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're in for something. This is, I've visually like blow, blew me away. The, you're right. It was just on screen, just, just huge like effect that didn't look like it was CGI. You know, it was so well done and you knew you were in for, I knew it was in for a good ride at that point. That sets a stage for, for, I believe, you know, that if you can, and that's what I mean. I, if I can bring it back to one moment that I knew that uh, the comics and that things, because I could see it on the page. I mean, I could see the book open. I could see the explosions. I could see, uh, and that really, um, so that alone earns its place number one for me, for sure. Okay, so my next face on Mount Rushmore, um, it's probably going to be, uh, I'm going with, I'm going with Star-Lord, Peter Quill. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, and it, it's, some again, another movie that I went and I had very little knowledge of the character um, coming into it. I never read any of the Galaxy books um, or, the you know, the, the, knew nothing about him. Um, and I sat down for that movie. I went to the theater, like, pretty close to opening day, and... I, I, I must have been like a little kid watching it um, to watch his and Chris Pratt is one of my favorite actors to watch him take this character. And it wasn't like I lost track of who I was watching, which is always a good sign. You, you forget it's Chris Pratt. You're watching Peter Quill on the screen. And the way that movie played out in front of me, I, I, I felt the same way when I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time. Like it just had that much enjoyment, enjoyment for me um, as a fan, and it just that character just brought that out. Like just, if you know what I mean, it it just it made me so joyous to watch that, and so happy. And I, I think, yeah, Peter Quill, man, I, I'm I'm all about it, and. Listen, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody was more shocked or pleased than I was. Um, just when they even picked the Guardians of the Galaxy, and and clearly, it was the Infinity Stones and and going with Thanos. That you know, you can thank Thanos for uh, the Guardians being here. Um, and you know, you can thank whether it be Iron Man or Captain America for having Thanos in there. Um, in their history, or really the Avengers, I guess, have uh, Thanos in their history of of uh, a villain. So uh, nobody was more pleased than I. I mean, they put a Howard the Duck uh, reference in <laughs> to that first movie. Yeah. I, it's yes. really, really hard to not. I mean, I, I I was going ballistic when I saw that, and uh, that just that second. And James Gunn has been. You know, you want to talk about directors that have changed the game. I mean, it, it, Gunn is just destroying it, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw. Uh, both him and Ryan Coogler uh, from Black Panther in charge, uh, large and in charge in Phase Four. They say they're going out to space. Talk about uh, fun! Uh, I right? So I mean, great. Yeah, just so good to have those those two guys uh, leading the charge. And you know, somebody brought it up to me the other day um, that that Guardians is going to be the closest thing to this generation now that's like, you know, second grade to middle school. Um, you know, that's their Star Wars. It is. The Gu- Guardians is going to be that space epic that, uh, you know, it's a little bit more produced. It's a little more, uh, but but it is crossing barriers. So I am hesitant to, to go quill that this soon. Uh, I think in the long term, we might look back and, and see that you're right. Uh, but I can see it and I can't argue it for sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I will go right in to second pick and I want to cut you. I want you to paint a picture in your brain of okay, doing it. Second grade Fairview, New Jersey, little chubby dude, um, you know, comic book in hand, uh, actually had Mickey Mouse, like, shoes that had Mickey on the side of them that I thought were so badass. And even by second grade, like, I was getting made fun of just for my Mickey Mouse shoes. But they were, like, patent leather. Like, they were so fat. And I wish I had them today. <laughs> but I remember, I remember distinctly being so excited, so excited that the first, the very first Superman 
was going to be on broadcast television. It was it was NBC's movie of the week was the first Superman movie We're talking with Reeves. Yeah, I'm talking about Reeves. Christopher Reeves and I'm talking about I'm talking about Reeves being number 2 on the Mount Rushmore for um you know, listen, I don't want to be Uncle Rico. I don't. I don't want to be that nostalgia guy that always constantly goes back. And it doesn't necessarily have to be old to be great. Um, it's yeah. a complete polar opposite from what you're doing. And I love what you're doing um, with the with the quill pick. But I, I can still capture that second grade me feeling. I can. And uh, yeah. I, I, I think I, that's I, a... I, it's, it's the, the way that you describe that is the way I did. I, I feel the quill pick for me was that same feeling you're having. Uh, I, I actually have it for this because it was reminding me of my old when I saw um, Indiana Jones for the first time. I had that happen again to me, so I get it. And it's funny that pick, um, Chris Reeves Superman, the first one, um, that was going to be my next one too. <laughs> I love it. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, the, the, everything about that movie from the soundtrack. I'm with you. It just, it just was great. Um, such, such fun. And just like you, for me, like seeing that movie the first time, like, and and Superman flew, and and me as a kid thought that was a thing, like. You could do it. <laughs> right? I mean, why wouldn't you? I will say what I will say about those movies, and do you remember and, and maybe I'm gonna bring you back to let's go back to the Brady Bunch. Now we you and I did not see that in real time, but we certainly saw it in rerun. Certainly right? saw it in rerun, yeah. Right? We certainly did. And you remember in the faltering like fourth or fifth season of that show, uh, everybody was starting to get older, it was awkward. Um, they brought in Cousin Oliver. Remember Cousin Oliver? <laughs> yeah. Right? So they brought in Cousin Oliver. Oh. Right? So now let's cut to – let's cut to – he kind of looked like John Denver. And honest to God, <laughs> my – like like I thought he was John Denver or John Denver's son for some reason. I don't know. And he did died around that time too. So I don't know why I thought Oliver was John Denver, but uh, that's that's a thing. So then let's <laughs> fl- flash forward. I want to flash forward to, to, to the cause. Cosby show, right? Okay. Where again, you know, Bill Cosby aside, like all that shit show aside, let's talk about how successful that show was. And it was, you know, for a million reasons. I mean, they they were from Brooklyn Heights. I mean, those brownstones are there, and that was not far from where I grew up, and not far from and and so that was a, a great show. Again, everybody starts to get older, the 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 viewers get older, the storylines get a little bit older, and we swing into the later seasons, they bring in little Raven Simone as Denise's stepdaughter, right? Like little and and so I I remember in those times that was just the tactic. I even believe Growing Pains did it with the young Leonardo DiCaprio. They did do it, as a matter of fact. So when those shows, so that's what they did, and they understood that they needed some fresh life to breathe life into it. And I want to say that I've never been more disappointed than using that tactic but with Richard Pryor. And that is absolutely what they did. That is what they did with that Superman series. Now, you think about one and two, and you think about the Fortress of Solitude, and you think about, you know, uh, angry evil Batman in the in the restaurant, all of those great scenes that you can think back. But then I think of Lex Luthor and the clone and bringing Richard Pryor, to, Pryor in just to get that, because they knew that they would get a very specific audience with that. So that I'll say, you know, if, if anything was going to keep him off my Mount Rushmore, it would be that decision. And that, and I think I can't, I think that was Superman 4. I, Superman I believe. 4. It was. Yeah. Um, I, 4. What was the name of it? Um, i trying to think at the top of my head. I, I mean, what's funny is it's not Quest for Peace, is it? Is that no, Star Trek it, or is that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. No, search for Spock, quest for peace. I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's uh, I I forget. But that dude, wrath like he had all Superman. Yeah, wrath of peace. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was anything. I, I think about that now, and it's so disappointing. And and listen, going on that same vein. Oh, I, I just I, I. By the way, I just checked it out. I was right. The quest for peace. 
A quest for peace. All right. Well, good. Um, I have a good, terrible good memory about stuff like that. I am. Well, so good. I'm, 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 I'm very happy for you. I, Thank you. <laughs> before, before it's we, the little before, wins in life. It, it really is. You got to take them when they come. Um, I will just, in closing, say, if we're talking about Richard Pryor, I do want you to go back and watch The Toy at some oh, point. I, lo- I, I don't know if I should say I love the movie, but I, I, Jackie Gleason, right? Um, right, J- Jackie Gleason. But I want you to, because here's the thing. You think you love it, right? And you think you do, because I thought I did. Oh, no. And I, and I, wa- <laughs> oh, and I watched that. I watched it. And it is, I can't believe, I can't believe whoever, I think it's Warner Brothers, somebody, they need to take that thing off the shelves because it's literally the most racist thing I've ever seen in my life. It's So you have to go back and please attend, like go back and watch that show, that movie. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna go with a Scott Schwartz movie, go with uh, Kids Incorporated. Go with a little uh, Christmas story. Stay away from the toy. That's, <laughs> you, you heard it here first. You, yeah, seriously. All right. <laughs> I, um, I I started as I, the words were coming out. See, I I don't know if that movie held up over time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was a little kid when it, I watched it. it, it a lot different yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, no, you weren't thinking about it in the way that we are thinking about it now, today, uh-huh. right now. Oh, All right. boy. <clears throat> so what am I, number three? You are three, yes, sir. So I don't know if this one's going to count. I'm going to let you call it. Um, he was a superhero. He was in a movie, and it's one that um, came from Disney, but we I was, I don't know what year it was. I think it was 80s. And... I I I always remember it fondly. I, I I always liked it, and it was the Rocketeer. Okay. Yeah. Just, no, that's I'm I'm going. Yes. I mean, and you know, it's been so yes. long since I've seen the movie that I I just I remember him putting that that um, the helmet on right with the the fin to help him steer. And again, it was just like seeing Superman fly. Like this looked even better, and it, it was just a normal human, like it's just a normal guy with a jetpack, right? And he would go fight the Nazis. It was such a fun movie for me. Um, but it's one I always think about, uh, which is, it's, you know, I probably want to go watch that again soon because I did like it. Did you ever see that one? I don't think I did. I, I mean, I know that it exists, um, but for for whatever reason, it was out of my wheelhouse at the time. Um, but I will now. I mean, if it's on, I mean, Mount Rushmore, that's a big, so, big call. What also uh, helped it was um, I had a huge crush on this actress back then, so she could do no wrong. Jennifer okay. Connelly. Uh, of course. I mean, uh, <laughs> La- Labyrinth. I mean, that's, you know, no, say no more. Yeah. So, so this yeah. is early on, so that helped it along too. But that one is, um, I love that movie. And just, I don't know, maybe it's a little lofty, but when I'm thinking back, it's like it, it just pops in my head when, you, you throw that question at me, I'm like, hi, Rocketeer's right there. So it gets yeah, nasty. I, <laughs> listen, I, if, if, we just, if we just do, um, you know, uh, uh, right down the middle picks, I mean, you can get that anywhere. So I, uh, I, I, I like the reach. I do. And uh, I, I, I wish that I had, um, you know, some crazy reach pick. I probably don't have as good uh, of a reach pick as uh, as the Rocketeer. Well, I think, go watch um, it. I'll watch the toy. You watch the Rocketeer. All right. And done. I bet you I'll have a worse time. I bet you absolutely will. <laughs> you absolutely will. Oh, it's just so, so bad. Um, and, and so here's what I'll say before I, I give my third pick. I, I want to... I'm going to put my honorable mentions in here. Maybe or we could save until the end, but I, I need to put it in because anybody that knows me well would know that would think that these two faces would be the absolute one and two. Um, but I am taking it more seriously. And I even think that the two actors in it would be mad at me for putting them one and two. So I'm just going to give Blunt Man and Chronic a <laughs> like they just. Their honorable mentions, like if we could carve two dudes just standing at the bot, like standing up against Mount Rushmore, like that's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put Blunt Man and Chronic at the bottom, uh, like standing up against the wall, bothering the tourists and selling weed. So I did need to say that. Um, just right, it, right. it needed honorable to be mention, in there. I like it. So uh, two honorable mentions: Blunt Man and Chronic. So. 
I am, I mean, Mount Rushmore. Like when I think about that, I think of a German tourist flying over to the United States with very, like maybe an eight-year-old or nine-year-old German tourist that comes over and they go to South Dakota and the parents are like, well, these are the, these are the most important movie superheroes. So man, I gotta, uh, I have to take that seriously. Like I, I, I don't want, uh, I, I, I don't want to make a wrong call here. So it may be a little premature to do this and you I might get some slack for this um but I I have to go with T'Challa King T'Challa and Black Panther and this is boy, number three it, it seems I know it seems so easy to do um because of the the time because it's because this this movie's gonna break a billion dollars um and I listen. I don't need to uh, really overly focus um, on the reasons why. I mean, uh, just forget all of the other things that we know about Black Panther. Forget about the uh, the fact that he's been in the Marvel universe for a very, very long time. Um, but he, they were originally penned by you know white artists that had an interpretation or a vision of what they thought it would be like to live in Wakanda. So. But later on, they, they made those decisions right and better. So, um, I mean, I, I think I think I don't need to say a lot here to understand why I would put him there. Um, what I will say is it, if a superhero can make a kid feel like, you know, forever, you and I have looked up on the screen to to see that there's some way that you can relate, you know, maybe not to Tony Stark, but certainly my passion and my love for Captain America grew from personal experience. And forever, forever, there's been this entire group of people that have had very few choices as to what they could look up and see on the screen and, and follow and, and get behind and feel like that star looks like me. And uh, and that's why I mean it's it's that simple. If if a character can make that many people that have have not had that same opportunity, I won't even get into the politics of it or start talking about. Uh, I'll just say if somebody can make make a kid feel the way that Captain America made me feel, then he absolutely that many people. It's millions of people nationwide and around the world. He deserves to be there, in my opinion. So, number three, King T'Challa, Black Panther. I like it. That's a good pick. Um, all right. So, I'm on my, I guess, my mine now. And so, I have had Batman Bale, <coughs> or Batman uh, Christian Bale, not, uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, The Rocketeer, uh, go watch it. And who's going to be my number one? Um, or not number one. These are no particular order, but who's the last remaining one? And I go with uh, Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. Wow, it's a good pick. I I and just to watch him play that character from the first X Men. And here's here's something. Uh, so in the nineties, we were reading the comics, uh, Jim Lee's X Men. And I was hugely into the Wolverine comics. He was my favorite guy going back that, you know, in the comics. I love Wolverine. Loved him. And me and my friends would always, like, imagine who would play what in a movie. Yep. <laughs> I think everyone did this game. And I was into yeah, I was in the metal. I was into rock. And I was a big fan of the Misfits and Danzig. And we had always said, Glenn Danzig, Glenn Danzig for Wolverine. So I always had this this impression or in my head, like what Wolverine would look like on screen. And it's always Glenn Danzig. Um, now, when Hugh Jackman, who at today, he's a humongous star. Everyone knows who he is. But when X-Men came out, no one here in America knew him, right? No, I, I no, didn't know it's who true. he was. <clears throat> so who is this guy playing Wolverine, this Part my, that I've had in my head, this picture to this this jacked dude, um, it's so funny, jack man, right? Um, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and when he, when you first see him at the the fighting pit in Canada, and and he goes fist to fist, like the guy throws a punch and he counters, busts the guy's hand. I'm like, this is it. That's Wolverine. My God, they nailed it. So to see him go on screen from that first picture and that arc, granted the the different timelines and all that stuff that happened between point A and point Z that the X-Men movies and the Wolverine standalones all did. By the time we got Logan Mm -hmm. that just came out last year, I was in love with the character again. I was in love with Hugh Jackman's take again. I mean, there was some, some misses in between the two points, but just to go back and watch the original X-Men and then watch Logan, it's just, I was emotional at the end of Logan. I, I felt it. I felt it when he died. And uh, uh, no longer a spoiler, right? It's been way past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. But when Wolverine is is finished, I, I felt like, okay, the story's over. You move on. And, yeah, he's definitely up there for me. Yeah, I, I can't can't argue with that. Can't. I mean, it's, uh, I, yeah, um, he's changed the game. And, you know, he, I think it's possible that they even made it. Um, you know, listen, I had not bought into uh, comic book movies in really a long time when um, I think it was X-Men The Last Stand was the first X-Men movie that I saw in the theaters that I didn't see. Um and I was like, "Wow, man! Like, like it just, yeah." So I, I feel the cap, you know, catching the the capturing that vibe and and him changing the game, and it's a great call. And you know, this is tough. This is this is tough. This is four guys, and I'm leaving. So uh, we'll transition into this last uh, into this last pick for me. Um, I think you know my you know my my baseline uh, revolves around one man. Uh, and his, and the love for his country, and I think that Chris Evans has done a a good job, a very good job as Captain America. Um, I I was skeptical. Um, I I really was. I was super skeptical of of him. Of all the people that they could have picked, um, they did not pick the blonde guy to play Captain America. They picked Johnny Storm from the shitty Fox movies, like that. Um, it was hard. It was a hard pill for me to swallow, but, um, ultimately he got in shape for the role that CGI was perfect on, uh, in that first movie. I mean, it, it really, uh, it, it really b- brought you in. Um, but with that said, and it's really, it's really difficult for me to leave a, a, a Captain America, uh, out and off, uh, because I do think that we will see um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I do think we'll see um, either Bucky or Falcon become uh, Captain America. And, and I think that Bucky at points uh, in the comic book was a better Captain America than Steve Rogers was. Um, and, and so because for all of those reasons, um, and again, for feeling the way that I felt for it being 1989, in the tri-state area um, when Batman fever just completely took over. And I remember walking into the bodega and they had little buttons and I had a jean jacket with a Def Leppard patch on the back, 1989. And I, it was, it was a black and yellow clear as day Batman uh, and the car. And, you know, I went to the the car show at, um, I don't even know where it was. It might've been at, um, Javits Center or something, and the the Batmobile was there. I uh, my fourth face has to be Keaton Batman, and amazingly, now if this was a comic book world, no DC characters would be anywhere near it. And uh, I have two DC characters on my my Mount Rushmore, which is a hard pill for me to swallow. But if we've got to look at it from a cinematic standpoint, um, that I I have to do it. And I know that you were struggling with it yourself. I just need I needed to, I need to feel that feeling. And now I can look up there and say I felt that feeling every time I went into the movie theater to see everybody that's on my Mount Rushmore. Great, that's a great pick. Yeah, it's one that I almost picked too. <laughs> So. I know, I know. <clears throat> well, that's awesome. Um, well, there it is. That's our Mount Rushmore's for this cinematic 
movie heroes and doesn't matter where they're from, whether it's DC or Marvel, we love them all just the same. Um, and for all different reasons, they're up there for each of us. And I'm sure everyone listening has their own. So feel free, find us on uh, Facebook or Twitter or wherever. And um, yeah, leave yours. We'd be glad to hear you. Um, I'm going to, on the show notes, you'll have all the, the links for the Facebook page, which is um, NerdPod with Coach in K-Rock. On Facebook, uh, we'll certainly be looking forward to those responses. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, different takes. I mean, uh, um, for sure. Yeah, I, for the, sure. The way I approached this was just who, when, when I was thinking about it and about to talk, it was like who popped in my head at that time, and that's as much thought as I put into it. As far as like, there's a reason they popped in my head. It's because that movie and that take of that character or at that time was special to me and back against the wall if I have to be put in the spot those are the four that I picked so there you go yeah no and you should be in it and I want I want to hear challenges and I want to hear um you know I want to hear uh, everybody's take because and I, and I and I'd love to hear some backstory on it and on why why it's important to you and um you know I we'd be certainly open to um yeah, we'll post them all on the website, whatever. So um, that's exciting. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it all, this conversation actually brings us to um, the last closing point that I want to make from our sponsor recently. Um, the M6P, our friends over at Marvel Politics, uh, are doing a March Madness bracket. Um, by the time that you guys hear this show, it may be too late, but um, go in. You'd be able to find it on uh, on Facebook. Uh, you could be able to find it on their website as well. Um, so go, go in m6p.com. M6p.com. Um, if anything, yeah. if you miss it, just go there, learn about their service. Um, they provide a, a box of terrific Marvel uh, graphic novels um, as a uh, subscription service. It's it's terrific. Um, so make sure you visit. Yeah, sounds good, man. Well, uh, it was a great show today. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, very special thanks, as always, to State of Corruption, uh, who is uh, it, it's tourniquet is the is our opening jam, as always. And now, for the first time, our outro jam uh, is going to be uh, the day that Jesus gave away color TVs, also by State of Corruption. You could check them out at uh, State of Corruption on SoundCloud. Uh, album is three. And uh, it's for sale there. So, yeah, man. All right. Well, listen, man, great job. Uh, Let's uh, talk next week. Sounds great. All right, boys. Let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me.